See, I'm the only guy that talks numbers. I love this. Nobody else will even talk about it. Life's, I've said it's like a crazy amp in the basement. Yeah, we're actually <laughs> What's up? Welcome back. Uh, this is episode two of Big Little Guys. Yeah, episode two, week two. We uh, had a pretty successful first week. A lot of you guys reached out and liking the episode, so we're, we're happy about that. Glad that you guys like what we're doing. Um, unfortunately, we are not eating at a Popeye's chicken sandwich this week because they ran out. They just sold the fuck out. Not, not even just like, okay, so like three nights ago, I tried to order Popeye's on Seamless, <laughs> and they didn't have the chicken sandwich on the menu, and so I downloaded Grubhub just to do it because I got on Twitter and looked up which delivery app has the chicken sandwich and it's Grubhub. Are they just hoarding the sandwiches somewhere? I guess. And so I downloaded it and I got on Popeyes. I ordered it. 30 minutes later, order got canceled. And I was like, oh shit, they're probably out. So whatever. I looked up the other Popeyes within 45 minutes of my apartment and I ordered. And then 30 minutes later, they got canceled again. The, the Grubhub guy is eating these sandwiches in the car. Maybe. Or Chick-fil-A is driving around buying them all up <laughs> so nobody can buy them. But yeah. then Popeyes, like the official Twitter account, like tweeted and the whole organization is out of chicken sandwiches. Which I'm like, that can't be real. It's no. like, I know that you Go guys are McDonald's killing guy. millions of chickens a yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, that was the big bummer this week um, yeah. for me. But I got, I got, I guess I got the OG original release chicken yeah, sandwich, yeah, yeah. first edition chicken um, sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess when they they get back in stock, then I'll I'll be hitting up Popeyes again on Grubhub. But yeah. I don't know. I love the sandwich. Apparently, really people are time. now kind of being like, it was just hype. But I don't think so. People say that to everything. <sighs> yeah, you know? yeah. If it's that good, can it be hype? You know. I don't think like, so. It's. It's just, it's good. It's a good sandwich. Yeah, I just, I, especially with food, I feel like people don't hype. I don't, I don't feel like people hype food. It's like, if it's good, it's good. Yeah. It's not like music where it's like, people are like really talking this up and it's actually not that good. But I'm yeah, like, it's like, people it's, are not going to spend their money on a f- piece of food like frequently if it's not actually good. No, absolutely not. Yeah. It has my endorsement, my seal of approval. Yeah. So what what other things has Twitter been able to band together to do this much? Normani was it the recent one. Normani? What's yeah her new her music video. This is why you gotta get Twitter, bro. I know. I know. This is I'm Twitter needs a sponsor because I'm essentially just like getting (laughs) people to join. So Normani was part of Fifth Harmony, and then she dropped. She's been touring with Ariana. She was opening for Ariana Grande. And she dropped a single called Motivation a couple weeks ago. And the video was, I mean, just like the most recently memeable thing that exists. It was really good. It was basically just like an homage to like early 2000s, like hip hop R&B music videos. It kind of opened with this like fake um, 106 and Park kind of thing where she was like seeing her future self like get like on 106 Park. Um, And then it was just like a bunch of like callbacks to like, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and Missy Elliott videos That's and Britney Spears. It was really cool. That's cool. It was honestly more of an homage to music videos than the VMAs were a couple nights ago. Yeah. We need to stop <laughs> with this shit. Yeah. I think the VMAs, um, the VMAs are over. Yeah. I think there's like, it's like a new era in, w- in which like streaming, there are so many artists that I will tune into it for a few seconds and not know anybody that's there. And I feel like most of the time it's mostly just to see a performance. Like nobody yeah. really cares about the award, especially since things are, like you're saying, stuff's moving so fast anyway that a lot of these broadcast channels are months late. Yeah, giving right. something its flowers. Like on Twitter, artists are getting real-time reaction to their stuff to, now because yeah, like exactly. they, they have access to their audiences way faster like they don't care about these like the, yeah it, it's, just, it's just like mantle pieces or whatever like, yeah they're getting their money and essentially the only thing that you would watch the vmas for at this point is the is the vanguard award it's just like yeah, see who which wins is, because like the the video like the vma is like they were like they were so much about the music video mm-hmm. and now it's just essentially just like a less prestigious grammy yeah is what it feels like yeah um yeah. I didn't really watch any of it. I like went back and watched some of it um, on MTV.com just to kind of like see what was going on and watch some of the performances after they got taken down off of Twitter. Um, but it just it just feels like a very 
cheap Grammys because it's all fan voted too, and so it's like the things that are winning are not even like what you would yeah, say. It's not like a prestigious are yeah. that good. I don't know. Yeah. It was a bummer, but Normani is kind of the recent thing. It was Normani and the Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> Um, was a blaze, a blaze. Um, but um, I also saw um, Ready or Not over the weekend, which yeah. was and so the new Blumhouse fun. movie. Yeah, yeah, it was so fun, and like I don't know, it's it was it was more funny than it was scary. Like if you're like I don't like horror movies, it's definitely not that. I feel like that's kind of like the direction that a lot of those movies are taking. Like they're being yeah. way more self aware. It was like Shaun of the Dead. It was like really? it was very actually like that. I mean, okay. like the tone of it was not like that, but like the genre of it is very Shaun of the Dead. It's like, it is a comedy that has horror elements as opposed to a horror movie that has comedy elements. Okay. Um, okay. Samara Weaving doing what the other girls cannot do. It was so good. It's refreshing to see a person with Margot Robbie's face that is not just (laughs) um, um, walking around on camera being preyed upon by 50-year-old men who just won Academy Awards. Um, She's done that a couple times now, hasn't she? <laughs> yep. Um, it was really good. I mean, like, I it the, there were parts of it that were very cheesy and bad, but yeah. I also like, think they just kind of like aided to what it was, and it was really fun. I mean, mm. I def- it definitely comes recommended for me. Okay, so worth the price of admission, full price ticket. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Especially and like it, it's a it would be a fun. I think of movies too. I categorize them in terms of like a fun movie to yeah. watch with people. Okay. There's a lot of movies that I love that I would never watch with people because I would spend <laughs> so much time being like shh shh yeah, yeah, yeah. and it would annoy me or they'd be spending time asking questions. This is a very good like you can turn it on when there's like six people in your apartment and you're kind of like trailing off talking about other things and you can still kind of tune in and know like oh they're still Doing this, yeah, I know still what's going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was That's it was fun. Cool. It was really fun. I definitely would tell anyone to do see it. Damn. All right, so we get the first recommend of the day. I like it. Yeah, the first recommend. Who um, got the Vanguard Award this year? Missy Elliott. It was Missy. Oh, yeah, yeah, which was why oh, Queen yeah. Latifah was there, which cool. was funny. I was like, <laughs> um, yeah, and Missy was the highlight of the show I mean like because that's the thing too is like she is from that era she's from the era of like music videos and like and she yeah Yeah. and the other thing too is like she is a good winner of that award because she really did influence so many people in terms of music videos oh yeah you know what I mean it's like her her videos are so specifically hers Mm. and it's crazy because she's been able to segment herself into so many different things and be good at all of them yeah so like i think with this new cp that she just dropped like yeah sure you 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 see her as like the music video like a genius at that but like she's also a crazy songwriter like her song like she has a knack for writing hooks that are nuts like an entire song feels like a hook yeah and yeah. if you don't know, if you can't sit here and say, Missy Elliott, oh, she wrote Blink, I'm sure you have heard one of her, yeah. at least, like, beats in something. Like, yeah. you have, you've heard something that is Missy Elliott's, and you yeah, just yeah. don't even know it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, her music videos are just weird, they just feel like trips, yeah. kind of, it's crazy. in the best way. Crazy. Um, she, I love how she always involves, like, dancers at, in her performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it always feels like... a it feels like it is crafted for a live show as opposed to just thrown together for recognition kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was good. It was fun. Um, and you could kind of see like her fingerprint on, on that too as yeah. far as like live performances. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of... It was... The VMAs, like I said, I didn't watch the whole thing. I can't really watch them anymore. Yeah. Mostly because I don't really know half the people that are on them. But uh, yeah, at this point. I, it was kind of sad but I don't really put a lot of stock into the VMAs no, I don't think most people do anymore <laughs> yeah um, but this week we're going to be talking about um, Brett Stevens and the bed bugs at the New York Times let's get right into it yeah we're talking about um, Laura Spencer on the GMA calling uh, or making fun of Prince George for taking ballet um, which was an interesting event we're talking about um, Nazis being on Dancing with the Stars <laughs> and the new Martin Scorsese flick um, that's going to be on Netflix and not in theaters, which is very weird. Yeah, yeah. So stay tuned. Yeah. So if you have been under a rock the past week, um, I have. I have. <laughs> then you might not have known that the, <laughs> I'm half joking, <laughs> but the Dancing with the Stars season, I don't know. <laughs> 
Dropped. <laughs> Dropped. I can't even say it. Tom Bergeron is still hosting the show. Tom Was he the guy that did... Uh, America's Funniest Home Oh videos? my god. Yeah. I, honestly, good for him. I, you know? I guess. Yeah. I need to check. Anyway, they... Kevin Hart's gonna <laughs> take his spot one day. <laughs> they, uh, they released their, uh, their list of, um, stars <laughs> that are gonna be on Dancing with the Stars this season. Um, it includes people like the most recent Bachelorette, um, good. Hannah... Something I don't know. You know Anna. You know that girl. <laughs> some some white lady. Um, Karamo Brown from Netflix's Queer Eye, and um, the defamed former uh, House uh, or a uh, president. What's what is he called? The is that like House Secretary, House House something, something like that. Something Whatever. Sean Spicer, the, house, yeah. the, the guy who basically just stands up and talks to the press the whole time. Yeah. Um, Wasn't he only like in that role for like three months or some shit? I think it. No, it was a long time. Was it? it was for like a year and a half or something. Was it? Okay, I mean, in terms still... of Trump's cabinet, it was a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. In terms of the 10 years of the people that have been there, it was a pretty long time. But uh, yeah, so there's been this weird kind of two year, two or three year, because he was right when Trump started. So it was yeah. like two years ago at this point. This kind of weird campaign to kind of rebrand himself. Um, which kind of happened at the Golden Globes a couple years ago when he like just showed up on stage and they were kind of making a joke of how he would lie to the American people for money. Um, and you now that's it, just like Michael Moore, just like to the to the umpteenth level, just like somewhere. Michael Moore has a camera on this. Somewhere. <laughs> that like, you're right. Yeah, what if it is? Dude, what if it's like a secret it. documentary? Yeah. Um, oh my god. But yeah, so he, my, Sean, Sean Spicer, is going to be on Dancing with the Stars, um, which one is just already laughable in yeah. itself, but also just like... What do you think he's going to wear? What's his first outfit? I don't know. I want to see him do like a foxtrot. I want to see him with his podium because for some reason, anytime he has appeared on anything, he has like had this wheeled podium oh, because right, that's yeah. what he's recognizable with is like standing behind this podium with the White House label on it. So maybe he'll foxtrot with the podium. What if he's just like really insecure about his legs though? <laughs> I mean, it that would track with the Trump presidency. I want to see, I wanna see uh, what's his name? Spicer? Spicer? Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer. Yeah. I want to see him in gym shorts. I want to see that. We might. He might be rebranding enti- entirely. Yeah, and one. Sponsor him. We might see a new haircut, something like that. Um, so as if that wasn't... So that is the first element of this. And then the second element is that Karamo Brown from Queer Eye, who is problematic in his own way... <laughs> who is very known for being like, we need to sit down with these people and talk to them and that will make them better, is kind of jumped out the window when he (laughs) was talking on the red carpet with press people about Sean Spicer being on the show, talking about how he was excited to kind of have a dialogue with Sean. And I was like, what do you think that you're going to be doing on Dancing with the Stars? Yeah, you guys aren't just going to like meet up in the locker room. Yeah. Like good games. Like also, by the way, have you heard of the... the From what I can gather, they are in... In rehearsal rooms, dancing all day. I don't yeah. like. Why do you think that you're gonna be? No, that's that's with... not the time to evangelize, homie. Yeah, no, time. I, I, so it's it's very it's a convoluted mess that could all just be solved if people would stop watching Dancing with the Stars and it would get canceled. Yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> this is like this is worse than um uh. What about those like compilation CDs? Like that's what I call music. Oh yeah, now like, like now twenty one. Yeah, now twenty one. Yeah, it's essentially that. It's like the Dancing with the Stars cast is always like now from five years ago. Exactly. Holy shit! It's just people that are like, huh? Yeah. I mean, oh, you're still with us. <laughs> and so, it's a problem, and it brings up the whole idea of like, do people get to when you're a public figure? Do you get to? do kind of do and say the things that he has said and still get to be seen as a lovable family friendly person on 7 p.m slot on abc every wednesday night and like is that what you get to do and should we support that and what does it say for an organization who has devoted 70 percent of their cable news to trashing trump and his presidency to then bring on one of his former people who said that the holocaust was not real onto their dancing show you know i think that this is all this is all publicity i don't even think he'll be on the show i think they were expecting some sort of outrage from this so now people are going to watch the show he'll probably get voted off like real quick anyway either that or they'll just get rid of him and bring somebody else on but like they've they've brought attention to their to their already dying i mean i can't see him 
two-stepping around anything except a fact. Yo. So I'm not sure wh- if he's going to do well. Carrie and Anaba is probably going to give him low threes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, is Carrie and Anaba still there? I could not tell you. <laughs> who, who, like, how, how do they find the the people to, to judge that? Like, is it people who actually can dance? Or I it... so the the vague memory that I have of this show was that there there are three judges. One of them's name was Carrie and Anaba. The other guy's name is Bruno something. He's the very bombastic one. You have to have a bombast. Yeah, and then there's somebody else who's like maybe more serious. <laughs> Is that Swedish? Somebody else? I think he's British. Okay. But that was from like when it first started because I remember watching like the first season or two, I think. Okay. But we're now on like twenty something, I think. It must be. It's been Jesus. years, so I don't even know if these are yeah. the same people. Tom Bergeron like released a statement about how he didn't support it, and I was like, Tom, Tom. I, I, honestly, I'm not looking for anything from Tom. I'm not. Yeah. Like same. Tom, uh, Drew Carey. Alex Trebek, you guys are, you guys are immune, you know, you guys keep hosting, you know, that's yeah, what been just, doing that forever, I'm just, I'm expecting just you to Daniel host. Just Daniel yeah, right. Yeah. And I think, I think that was the thing, Kevin Hart thought that he was there, where he could just go and host shit now, without people still digging into his shit, but no, Kevin, you haven't made it there yet. Yeah, and it's, it's also hard too, because some of these people, like, they need this show, like, I think a oh, lot of people were expecting yeah. these stars to, like, drop out when they found out, and I'm like, there's no, no. way that James Vanderbeek has anything better to do right now. There's no way. <laughs> oh, I need to see that. Yo, there's that. no way Dawson has anything to do. <laughs> I'm more excited to see him dance than, yeah, than right, Sean. Right. Yeah, right, right. That's great. Good but, for him. Uh, you know, yeah, honestly. and so then Karamo Brown was on Twitter basically just... Uh, enraging people and what saying like, people were tweeting at him and being like you like I get that you want to talk to these people but like they have harmed people like you and I don't understand like you don't get to be the spokesperson for us you know what I mean sure, which sure. is part of the reason that he's problematic to begin with is that a lot of people are just like you don't speak for everybody kind of yeah um and then he ended up deleting his twitter because so many people jumped in his mentions and were attacking him Maybe rightfully so, but yeah. I mean, it's it, it seems messy anyway. Why is he on? Is he harder for cash? Like he, he doesn't need money, right? I don't not think that I'm so. Counting his, like, Honestly, I'm not he's his probably money, the most like, high-profile person that's on the show because he almost ever. he has a job. He's yeah. filming like, Queer Eye all the time. Actively, yeah, yeah. Um, so it? maybe that's a a fact of it maybe getting better i don't know i mean the, yeah. the hannah girl from bachelorette is on there because she has an abc contract probably word which yeah. is what the bachelor's on um but i don't i don't know it's all a big mess it's once it again it's just like this wouldn't be a problem if dancing with the stars didn't exist um but what does it say about a, a news corporation who has been trashing trump for money for years but then bringing on people that you know it just doesn't I mean, make it any, it's so money. Yeah, at least they're consistent. Yeah. So it's always been for money. But it's also the people that watch Dancing with the Stars are people who voted for Trump. I mean, like, middle America is who watches network TV. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good way to to figure out if you should trust yeah. somebody still. Is, yeah. like, if they, if they still pay for... <laughs> if they're still, still paying for basic cable. For basic cable, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, like, and so it's, like, it, Karamo Brown might be more controversial to the average Dancing with the Stars viewer than Sean Spicer is, which is a whole other problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Damn, that gets messy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a whole thing. I mean, I don't think... Who knows? If you're a listener of this podcast and you're watching Dancing with the Stars... We, we conflict. We have problems. But, but, but tell me what happens, though. Yeah, let, let me know what know, Sean's wearing. Let us know what he scores on his tango. His yeah, tango. His tango. You think he would get real ethnic with it? I don't think he would get ethnic with it. He's going to do something bad. I want to see him crump dance. He's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. What if the first week they give him hip-hop? That would be fucking... That's what I want to see. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I, want, all... I want them to cut to an interview with Karamo being like... You know, we support anybody doing anything that's cultural sharing. Exactly. We support cultural it. sharing. That's yeah, cute. Yeah, that's yeah, cute. yeah. I like that. Um, so speaking of uh, dancing, though, <laughs> do you want to get straight into this? Uh, <sighs> yeah, I guess the, we should. I guess Luke. we should. This like veers into a weird part of my career that I am weird to talk about. But I mean, once again, if you were living under a rock, I guess you can hear about this. Or if you're not. I don't know, into GMA, but yeah. um, Laura Spencer, who's a host on Good Morning America, um, they were talking about, for some reason, <laughs> Prince George, um, because America, Good Morning America, and we're talking about nothing the, better to a do. British yeah. child, I don't know. 
Um, yeah. They were essentially just child. talking about his schooling and like what he was going to be learning in school. Yeah. And she brought up how, in lieu of like science courses, he's going to be taking like ballet or something. And she just yeah. kind of like laughed at it and kind of mocked it. Um, and it kind of sparked this whole thing amongst male dancers in yeah. in the U.S. who were kind of posting on social media saying like boys dance too. Um, a yeah. horrible, horrible t- um, hashtag me too too. Um, wow, which damn. is so, we're not talking about. Yeah, we're skipping. Literally over throw that. Yeah, yeah, throw yeah. something yeah. at me that is so offensive. Yeah, that's that's right <laughs> out of here. Holy shit! But yeah, so she was basically just like forced to apologize, and they basically just staged a apology with three prominent male dancers in a West Elm um, with Laura Spencer, where she apologized. Damn, um, it was it was a thing, but yeah. So. Do you think that she, like, do you think that it was meant to be, like, offensive? Because, like, when I was watching the clip, it seemed like she was mostly talking about just, like, the intensity of the curriculum and then how small the kid was. Like, whenever they cut back to him, I was like, yeah. oh, shit, I... Yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, like, he's still a tiny person. On f- um, yeah. yeah. On, on first, on first watch, it sounded more like a laugh at the fact that instead of taking, like, math and science and history he, he was, was going to be taking things. like ballet and i can't remember some of the things that he was gonna be taking but just kind of like alternative stuff yeah it didn't sound like ballet was the one she was laughing at it sounded like as a whole yeah so if you're laughing at the seriousness and benefits of dance that's like harsh and not cool yeah i don't think that it was specifically that he was taking ballet i think it was the, just like in general as a whole but yeah. through people who grew up taking dance classes and were bullied because of that I can absolutely see how it absolutely. felt like sure. not cool especially since like you're just looking at all these sheep in the back of the room who just started like jeering whoa yeah well, the funny thing about that is that like, like I, I read fuck? a tweet that was like if you're in a live show like that they literally have like a An laugh applause. applause thing and so like, those people were just like led to the slaughter <laughs> that's embarrassing <laughs> just like ha 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 you know what I mean yeah. um and so the thing, the whole thing about it that was this uproar was that these like these really prominent male dancers, um, including Travis Wall, who choreographs for So You Think You Can Dance, um, somehow the only non-controversial dancing TV show on on television. So props I to forgot that there were two different shows that uh, had to do with dancing. That, that one's that, more, that that one's more real or? though. No, okay. that one's more real though. It's like they bring on legit like dancers. Onto okay. It. Oh, cool. um, and then Robbie Fairchild, who is in the new Cats movie and is a really prominent ballerina from the New York City Ballet and has been on Broadway a few times. He's busy. He is busy. So this is where the whole element of like, really? Because (laughs) he is from the New York City Ballet Mm -hmm. who recently has had a lot of issues with sexual harassment up to the point in which they have fired two of their dancers and literally fired like their longtime artistic director for sexual harassment. Robbie Fairchild was not at the New York City Ballet at the point in which all that was happening, but in a statement said that he had only had positive experiences with Peter Vartans, who was the artistic director who got fired. Mm. So I just feel kind of weird about a person causing a huge uproar over a somewhat innocent comment on a morning show, making an uproar when you will not, like stand up for the women that you worked with on a daily who have accused this man of abusing his power which he had a lot of yeah it was just a very weird like um thing to see him do and to go on this interview and basically like force himself into tears um about being bullied as a child for doing ballet when it's like literally the women you worked with were harassed by your boss and you won't even like you know yeah yeah it was just a weird it's it was a weird situation it was it's always weird when like arts people get thrown into media because they yeah. don't know how to handle it no they really don't know how to, they don't get media training and so it's just weird to see like to see people that you've like seen walking down the street and in broadway shows just be all of a sudden on gma like talking and i'm oh, like yeah. you don't know how to, yeah yeah it's like <laughs> they don't know how to do like we don't know how to do this very well no. we don't know how to like especially when you're up against like a shark or like somebody who's right. known to just grilling people right yeah into yeah no no and it just it it casts a very bright light on how kind of disconnected theater people are from the entertainment industry as a whole yeah 
Because, I mean, that's who it would affect is people who are dancers, which is people who are doing live performance, you know? Well, why, do you, why do you think there is such a distance between theater and the rest of the entertainment world? I mean, it's just like we're on different coasts. Yeah. And one of them's filmed and put in a house where you can go see it for $10 across the country as opposed to, like, everything being right here. Mm. And I feel like um, a lot of film actors go into into theater rather than theater going into film. Is that is that the case? Or well, is yeah, that, I mean, because film doesn't need theater people, but theater often needs big names. Or at least, like, that's what they're kind right. of told. That they need. And, but yeah. kind of in the traverse of that, it's, like, the inverse of that, wow. Robbie Fairchild is in the new Cats movie. Yeah. But that's, like, a dance movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's probably one of the most prominent dancers in the country. Um, yeah, and so... so a chance of, like, another, like, a random person. Right, admit, yeah. yeah. it's not gonna... Yeah. And it was good to, like, see male dancers kind of get a spotlight and be like, I can be a dancer and be all of these other things, too. Like, mm. you know... Um, and that was a good thing that came out of it, but it just kind of felt very... Um, it felt like an opportunity for people to be enraged when they will not even like talk about abuse in their own community. Yeah. You know, because there is a very underlying issue in theater that people will not talk about because yeah. there's, there's no power. There's going to be somebody abusing. Right. Yeah. And, but the problem is unlike Hollywood, there isn't star power that like prominent stars have to protect themselves from being blacklisted. Mm. You know, um, it's very easy to be blacklisted in a theater community, I feel like, right now. Yeah, and there wouldn't um, be much, uh, yeah, much media coverage on it either. Yeah, or, because, yeah, anything like because that. it's not as important, quote-unquote, as Hollywood is. Yeah, um, damn. But that doesn't excuse the fact that, like, you're taking up space to complain about a probably insensitive comment, but you won't take up space in an environment in which you benefited from for so long to defend the women that you worked with for so long it was yeah. just weird and and like i said like i mean i i could see how it was taken offensively and i i definitely think it was not smart for someone who is their job is to like speak on camera about issues yeah, yeah. it was not smart and it wasn't the way she set it up was not it was not great no. was not the best um but i definitely don't think it was the worst thing that's been said in the media in the last few days yeah no, no. <laughs> ever yeah um so i mean the main main takeaway from this is don't go to GMA for your most pressing news information. Honestly, don't even go there to don't learn about GMA. the Prince. Yeah. yeah or anything yeah. has to do with England, like go to one of their news outlets. Read the BBC, y'all. Like, yeah. well, I don't, I don't, don't understand. Care. Why are we talking about Prince George's curriculum anyway? I don't... It, it's pointless, man. I, I, it, whenever things like this happen, I'm like, I forget that GMA is on for like seven hours every morning. And I'm like, Christ. this is what they have to talk about. I, I forget. Mean, they, they gotta burn through it. They're over there just tripping off the cure egg just trying to stay up <laughs> yeah right oh making shit. making recipes um at 7 a.m for yeah, like, whoever ooh, fuck and they do that like every day right yeah it's like it's six days a week i think i think it's they have less stuff on the weekends but I, it's still six days a week i'm pretty sure damn they're keeping somebody in their home company. yeah there's some real lonely people they just whatever. need that <laughs> okay so my favorite thing that happened this week <laughs> was <laughs> Some random professor from um, Georgetown or George Washington University um, calling Brett Stevens of the New York Times a bed bug. I love watching like quote unquote intellectual white dudes just go at it with the most like <laughs> immature shit. So wow. this all came from like a very like real thing. So someone from the New York Times tweeted that there was an outbreak of bed bugs in the newsroom at the New York Times. And this guy named Dave Karp, who is just like, Karp. A, yeah, with a name like that, a professor at George Washington University. He took to Twitter and he um, he tweeted out. So preface: there is a news columnist, an opinion editor at New York Times named Brett Stevens, and he is very renowned for being right wing and almost conspiracy theorist, and yeah. just kind of this niche of this niche of conservative viewpoint at the New York Times. Um, people do not like him. He has a lot of bad opinions. He is very salacious and crazy and says very racist things very frequently. Um, but Dave Karp tweeted, um, I'm, I'm looking for the tweet right now. How nasty of a word is salacious? <laughs> the name just comes out of the mouth like yeah. crude oil salacious. It, it fits him. Okay, it so Stuart A. Thompson tweeted, Breaking, there are bed bugs in the New York Times newsroom. Dave Karp, <laughs> Dr. Dave Karp, 
quote tweeted it and said, the bed bugs are a metaphor. The bed bugs are Brett Stevens. <laughs> okay, so that original tweet got nine likes and zero retweets. So, yeah, so for like, your average chill. unverified Twitter user, a good day. Yeah. That's a good day. Nine <laughs> likes on a tweet is a good day. Yeah. Nothing for a day or two happened. And then that same guy tweeted out and said that Brett Stevens had emailed him and CC'd the provost of his department at George Washington University and sent him this email. What a snitch. (laughs) Dear Dr. Karp, someone just pointed out a tweet you wrote about me calling me a bedbug. I'm often amazed about the things supposedly decent people are prepared to say about other people, people they've never met on Twitter. I think you've set a new standard. I would welcome the opportunity for you to come to my home, meet my wife and kids, talk <laughs> to us for a few wife. minutes. I was getting cucked. Oh my god. And they call me a bed bug to my face. That would take some genuine courage and intellectual integrity on your part. I promise oh to be courteous no matter what you have to say. Maybe it will make you feel better about yourself. Please consider this a standing invitation. You are more than welcome to bring your significant other cordially, cordially, <laughs> Brett Stevens. What if, First of all, to thing. sign off like Rolf, the Nazi messenger from Sound of Music, <laughs> is so audacious. To invite someone to your home. Oh my god. It's a dinner party at this point. This dude's having a... Oh my god. It's gonna be Clue. He's just gonna start killing people off. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then, because time works like this and benefits us... Absolutely. The provost sent an email back to Brett Stevens. Yeah, you had to keep it in the email, though. Right. Because essentially, that is fucked up because Dr. Karp talked about this was... I'm talking about him like I know him. Mm-hmm. Um, was that Brett Stevens essentially used his position of power as a powerful editor and speaker in this country to get him fired by ceasing yeah. the provost of his program, um, which is so inappropriate and messed up, and, but also very right-wing tactics. Sure, um, sure, sure. Um, but the provost of the program that Dr. Karp teaches at George Washington sent an email, an open letter to Brett Stevens basically saying, Dr. Karp is part of the Journalism and New Medium program, we support free speech. Uh, maybe consider that before you CC me on an email on the weekend. Yeah, it's like I'm busy it, as hell, dude. Yeah, I'm trying was, to get my wife over to yeah, your house. Yeah, it was. It was so. It was just a blissful, amazing thing to happen to us who know about and frequently are enraged by Brett Stevens existing. This is a man who literally blamed anti-Semitism on the rise because of the rise of the Arab nation. Like he is a fully like right-wing extremist crazy person um and this dude couldn't have kept it on twitter either he knew he couldn't get his shit off with only 140 characters right he had to do an email and and to say like who's a man whose literal day-to-day job is sitting in a cubicle at the new york times writing opinion stories about other things to then get mad at someone for writing a tweet like a baby. It, and it was kind of like the Barbara Streisand effect. It's like no one would have seen this tweet if he no. hadn't emailed that guy. No, it and was then, so small. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have mattered. No. And he called you a bed bug. Yeah, he, he didn't say anything about your... He just called you filthy. He just called you a filthy, I mean, filthy honestly, man. Well, the and you're is, trying to get cut by... <laughs> it's like, no, dude, um, leave that shit alone. Dr. Carf like, tweeted and was like, I called him a bed bug because they're essentially harmless but they just keep showing up and won't go away <laughs> and they don't matter so it really it's truly like was really like the be- it, i mean it was the best burn but yeah it was like it was it was reminiscent of when cardi b quoted to tommy laren and said like i'm gonna dog walk you. i'm gonna dog walk <laughs> you Yo, that is so good she <laughs> said leave me alone bitch i'll dog walk you <laughs> it uh, ended her that way we gotta get her out of here too we gotta get tommy <laughs> out of here but like, like how is that like that's like the weakest like flex of power ever right I, I can go and find the provost's email yeah you know like I, I can go onto the website and get that yeah you're well, the editor of the, uh, like, it's the once again you it's it's people who it's right wing people who like claim to be like we're all about free speech and then you're mad about this guy on twitter who, with 100 followers calling you a bed bug <laughs> fuck Jesus. out of it it's like it's so insane it's it's but I'm happy that it happened because yeah. we got to shit on Brett Stevens again yeah seriously bring which, him back out here it, but yeah, he probably just wants to get cut. Do you right? I didn't think about it's, it. It's, <laughs> I didn't think about it that way. It's all it's a long con. It's a long con. <laughs> you know? <laughs> My god. 
Yeah, so some real interesting news came out recently about the new Martin Scorsese movie, The Irishman. And for a few people who know me, uh, Martin Scorsese is definitely my favorite director of all time. And this movie is going to be a big deal because it's just like all the heavy hitters from gangster movies all working together. Unfortunately, it's like they kind of had their face smoothed out by computers throughout the entire thing. I don't yeah. know, like it's not, it, it, so it feels a little artificial. Is the whole movie like, is it like time yeah. periods? Is it like earlier and then current? Or is the whole thing like that? I'm not sure. I, I hope so. Because like, I don't want to see young face Robert De Niro. Yeah. Just like, walk, like that, I don't know, that seems weird to me. Yeah. Like, they, there's such a disconnect. But Netflix, just like how they situated things with Roma, um, they're looking at doing limited runs, but it's bringing up a lot of interesting debates in regards to can these movies still be nominated for awards, all that, this, that, whatever. But Scorsese has also come out and said that he was expecting a more traditional run for his movie. So if somebody with the stature that Scorsese has, like he doesn't even necessarily have control over how his movies are presented, what does this kind of mean for you know, young yeah. creatives coming up here? I mean, I'm sure he was shaking in his boots last year at the Academy Awards when Roma won pretty much every award, but then yeah. didn't win Best Picture, which to me was like a message. Yeah, that's definitely a message. If we're talking in gangster message, if we're talking about in gangster movie terms, they were sending a message. <laughs> um, and I'm sure at that point he was like, oh shit, because I just signed yeah. away this movie to this thing and I thought I was going to win everything like Roma, but it can't win the thing. The thing, yeah. It's like he's got the director thing at this point too. Yeah, it's it's lame. It's super. It's super lame. And I, I feel like. But do you think that's justified? Like, do you think that that, like, who cares? I mean, do you? Th- I mean, no, I don't. I don't think anybody should care, especially since he's always had such a hard time getting his movies made. Like, yeah. Silence, Silence was a nightmare for yeah. him to get made. Um, like it took him, like decades to get that produced by anybody so for in order for netflix to be so forthcoming with wanting to work with them i mean obviously they were able to leverage it on their side as well because they you know they right. had more serious directors or whatever working with them but for somebody who's as traditional as scorsese you know he's shooting this thing probably on film or at least like you know as close to what he wanted visually as possible and in order and like and to just have like the scale reduced to your cell phone yeah like first day or right. your TV first day like I, I can see how you would feel some type of way about that you know somebody who is so fixated on the preservation of film it's like right and then to yeah. then have them kind of because he signed on to it thinking okay I'm going to get some type of limited release yeah, in theaters and now they're kind of yanking that entirely yeah just yeah completely and it'll be like quantity. maybe some independent theaters that choose to take it on but I'm mm-hmm. sure they're going to license it with with such a big price tag so I doubt yeah. even any of the independent theaters will even be able to afford to play it in mm-hmm. theaters I mean I think that they said that AMC is in talks with Netflix but theaters like Regal it's just not it's not yeah. gonna happen yeah so it's super, and it's certainly not gonna be all AMC theaters probably not no it's probably just gonna be like the bigger ones I, yeah. I'm sure it'll be here like I'll we'll be able to see it it's premiering at a New York Film Festival on yeah the I mean we're good we'll be able to see it yeah yeah so sorry sorry <laughs> you guys but yeah I'll be there. Y'all can catch it on Netflix 26 days after it drops here <laughs> it drops, at yeah. Film Forum. Sorry about it. Um, um, yeah. I don't... Yeah, I definitely understand where all of these directors are coming from about the whole theaters versus streaming kind of thing. I, for me, I understand it more on the business side of things mm-hmm. about how hard it is going to be to really gauge like what is making money when everything is on a streaming platform and not being released in the theater. We talked about this last week a little bit, how like opening weekend numbers really do dictate kind of the future of a movie once it's been released. Absolutely. And when it's on Netflix, it's like, how do you even... Yeah, because we, do we don't get to see the logistics of yeah. any of that. Um, and also just like, literally film is a visual media. It's like the optics of watching movie would be so different. And I think seeing a big giant who is kind of on the side of film, like of theaters, is now kind of... Is now... dropping a movie on Netflix like that's do you think that he did it because it was so easy to get financed or just because he was like sure I'll do it (laughs) I think he said it just like that too (laughs) little little Marty (laughs) for such a little man he has such long pictures (laughs) (laughs) it's compensating for something you know how it is Um, yeah I think it was mostly just because they were financing it and 
I mean, it was, I think it was the same thing that Monique was going through. You know, yeah, you, you have, like, you're at the stature, but for some reason, people still don't trust you. Like, as artists, this is something Dame Dash was saying in a recent interview. It's like, artists are never really going to be, like, at the top crust of things. Like, like we're never going to be, um, I forgot how we worded it. But, like, regardless, we're pretty much making entertainment for the elite rather than right. being part of the elite. Yeah. So it's like, you That's have because some, we're never the ones actually putting the money behind anything exactly we yeah we, we, don't, we don't own shit yeah, yeah like we're always just basically we're renting camera equipment we're yeah. renting space like we, yeah. we just don't have the uh, the financial backing to but like yeah we have to go and take our own sometimes too and you would think that like somebody like Scorsese at this point would have made his own studio or something yeah right like De Niro's out here making his own studio that's I think the thing that I'm I don't know I mean I should look up the, look this up more but like the fact of celebrities making their own production companies is that kind of the route that everything's going because I know like yeah, so like many people have Tom production Cruise, companies now uh, yeah, Reese Witherspoon is like the big yeah, one Reese recently that has just like created so much content but is she still even the one that actually is the one like at the end of the day that still has financiers that yeah, come in for other people and make everything yeah it's because I mean ultimately the goal would be for like Martin Scorsese to like own all of his equipment produce all this I mean it's George Lucas that's the goal yeah yeah is exactly. to own everything and to then make it and release it how you want to release it because you're the one who owns it but even people I feel like even people with like a, like George Lucas or your James Cameron or like some somebody like that I, I still feel is like that's why they take so long is because they still yeah. need to like generate their own revenue like if they're gonna do it solo they still have to like like making a billion dollars to make your six hopefully six billion dollar in right. return movie like they have to they still have to go and fundraise or whatever the fuck. And that's also implying that. that you hit it big like Star Wars did. Yeah. Which I, I don't think will ever happen ever again, no, especially with the way that streaming is happening. It's where you have to, like the only way that um, Disney was able to do it was because they spent damn near almost two decades building up to a moment of something yeah. while also writing off the coattails of an established form before that. Like it took... It took decades in order for Disney to be able to get that massive of right. a paycheck. Like yeah. that's that's nuts. Yeah, so it's it's rare to see something like the first Star Wars hit it that big or or Avatar, like some original property to yeah. do that. It's it's nuts. I, I think the thing that is most disheartening about the streaming conversation in terms of people like Martin Scorsese, or I guess I don't know, not to not to make it like a serious versus blockbuster conversation, but I can't watch three and a half hour movies no. on Netflix. Like no. I just can't. I don't have the attention span at home to sit down and watch three and a half hour movies. No, like I want popcorn. Like I'm gonna yeah. get bored halfway through just because like I'm I can't, I'm not comfortable. Yeah, it's in this it's chair almost like, like the that. event of going to a movie theater is what makes your attention span able to focus. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a problem of a generation or, but I don't. I I don't I don't ever want theaters to disappear. I I want to go mm. see movies in theaters. I enjoy watching movies in theaters more than I enjoy watching them in the comfort of my own home. Yeah. I'm not someone who needs to sit on my couch to watch something and I will gladly pay to go do that. But it makes me wonder about like Angel Has Fallen was the biggest budgeted was the most grossing like movie this weekend. This week, yeah. And I don't know anybody who saw that, but clearly people are but seeing people are it. Seeing it yeah. Are those the people who are pushing the conversation more towards streaming? Is it those people who like would rather have every movie on Netflix at home so they don't have to go buy you know, I don't I, I don't know who's who who is the market that is making who, people yeah. be like, hmm, maybe we should do streaming. Who what was the group of people that made Corone be like, oh yeah, I'll do Roma for Netflix. For Netflix, yeah. I and I don't I don't think that he thought that he was gonna get a big return. And I, I feel yeah. like the movies that um both of these both of these two dudes, especially like and I know that there's a couple movies coming out later this year that are also big name directors. But these two movies especially seemed really personal. Yeah. And that might be why I think it's probably another reason why. Like they 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 I'm sure they weren't expecting to make awards off of it or get a bunch of viewership. Um, but they knew that they weren't going to get it made any other way. Yeah. Like all of Coron's other movies, besides his indie movies at the uh, at the early end of at the early part of his career, have been well, like Gravity, um, Children of Men, which is like yeah. pr- still pretty big, pretty right. big movies. Big movies. Yeah, but like Roma is way more subtle, way more you know this the. It's you know, not in English. Yeah. <laughs> you know that biggest, automatically like people thing, are like it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I feel like people will always go to the movies. 
like it, it is an experience. It's a date. But it's, at what point is it going to become like opera? You know what I mean? Like at what point is it going to become like it's just kind of always is this the last? I mean that's you know why I mean? that's why we need Lion King CGI. Yeah, that's why we need Angel Has Fallen. Is because yeah. it it needs like that's why film is such a great art form. Yeah, is because it it's everything like it, it can be for everybody right yeah but that's i guess why i'm wondering is that the demographic of people that's pushing the streaming conversation i'm not sure i think it's probably more young people more than anything yeah that's fair yeah because and i i, like, I, I don't, don't have money. The, i don't feel like i see young people in movie theaters no it's mostly older people like you're saying for good boys yeah like, it was like 40 year old men in 2007 a different sad conversation exactly in 2007 <laughs> for people who were going to go see super bad yeah the, that was eight like 16 to 25 year olds yeah but now in this age where you have to spend 20 dollars to even get into the theater not to mention your popcorn popcorn yeah. for your friend probably like drinks what this that whatever like you're spending 50 dollars yeah for an hour it. it's like no we don't have that kind of income the scary thing is that no matter where we go in 10 years disney's going to get all of the money no matter where we whatever subsidiary Yo. we're paying for whether it's netflix or going to a movie or you know it's going to be Disney's money. The thing that's got me scared that is that Disney, Disney is not even being quiet with their plays anymore. No. Like they're, they're buying it. Everything, like, yeah. like everything I mean, is so We haven't so even talked public. about the whole Spider-Man thing. <sighs> yeah, that's a, that's a whole other thing. We can say that. I, I, you want to get into it? it not, no. I mean, just because it's like a whole, it's this conversation again. It's yeah. just like, it's, it's, it's Disney making a power move. It's, yeah. it's one person, it's one group wanting to monopolize everything. the entertain, like the visual media entertainment industry. Um, and it sucks because like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Disney Plus. I'm saying yeah, I'm going I to. have to watch I the ha new Proud Family TV show. I have oh, to God. watch all of the old DComs. I have to watch. Oh, that's a fact. I have to I watch Impossible. Like I, 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 shit. I'm they got it. me. I'm locked in for the long haul. I'm buying it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm absolutely buying it. Um, I, the thing with the Irishman that I'm interested in, mm. actually, like, I think gangster movies is going to be like a, the westerns. Is going to it's be gonna, like it's it's going to be genre. It's going to be like a genre type of thing in yeah. which that like it was so fueled by a time period that did not exist before and will not exist after, and that was very much like what westerns were. And we yeah. look at westerns as this like genre film. And I because like can you imagine a modern gangster film being made? Like the only we person try, can, and it's always like some like political thriller. Yeah, or it, it's always it, yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel. Because gangsters are essentially gangsters were essentially modern westerns. Like it felt exactly. like it felt like a western felt. Yeah, the law. And we don't know the... how to make that now. I don't think. Mm -hmm. And so like this movie, it will probably be his last gangster film. I would, if I, not, like, I would imagine. Yeah, I feel like he should move on to some other stuff anyway. Because I mean, yeah, he's he's made a pretty diverse catalog for himself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you think that. There hasn't been a good gangster movie out recently, has there? Besides that, I can't even think of one that it, that happened besides that like messy like Ben Affleck one that came out. Yeah, there was that. I don't one. even know what it was called. Um, there was one with John Travolta, Gotti. Oh yeah. There was. Was, uh, that, was that like a like a miniseries though? Or no, was that, that was that was in theaters. It's also like one of the lowest. It sucks because John Gotti's like one of the coolest mob bosses, and like to be serialized by. John oh, no, they, they, they did him wrong. Yeah. They did him wrong for real. Um, oh, there's Blank Mass. He did Johnny himself Depp. wrong. Johnny Depp. Yeah, I was gonna. There, I was like, there's a Johnny Depp one in here somewhere. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of them, but yeah, none of them have really hit like that. All this to say, Irishman looks really good. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I, I would hate to. I don't know. I would hate to see it on Netflix. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna see it in theaters. I'm gonna, and I wish that other people could see it in theaters as well. But hey, that's just the nature yeah. of the business. Go and like go I said, I don't know if in, in two years when everything. If everything is on Netflix, if I saw a three and a half hour movie, I don't care if it's by my favorite indie director. I'm probably yeah. not gonna watch it. Like, yeah, could you imagine watching Benjamin Button for the first time? No, in and like on no. your couch. No, that would be ass. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. We loved doing this segment last week. We're gonna keep going. Yep. Um, it's this week's that girl, y'all. Mm -hmm. We always got to shout out ladies doing oh, your thing, doing yeah. it yes. better than anybody else could. Um, <laughs> And there's always multiple options. We want you to know we we have running lists. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we have we have to pick one. Mm. There can only be one this week's that girl. Free choice. <laughs> so two, but there are two this week's that girls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's yours? Um, mine is definitely Allison Stoner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Where has she been? 
She was on the VMAs dancing her ass off Yo, she could for Missy dance. Elliott. Oh! The little girl from Missy Elliott's music videos, also to white people, the girl from Missy Elliott's uh, music videos who was breakdancing on Missy Elliott's music videos, the little white girl. Yes. Um, Step up. Come on. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was in She Brought a Dozen. She was oh, a little. Yes. Yeah, and um, so she was on the VMAs. She came out, she did like a short little, you know, a break, but everyone like knew, you know what yeah. I mean? Everyone was like, oh my God, that's the girl from Missy Elliott's music video. That's incredible. Um, she still, she still got it. Of course. Um, of course. It was a beautiful fusion of like life for me because I love Cheaper Than a Dozen, but I also love Missy Elliott. I love Alison Stoner. Was she oh, on yeah. Mike's Super Short, short Show? Was I think she her? was. Uh, was it? No. Oh, it was, no, I think no. it was her because she was, not, she was a Disney figure for like a minute. Yeah, she, she was. Dozen she was. Stuff. And I think that was her that was on Mike's Super Short Show. Anyway, she was without the flat bill. She Damn. is recently looking very Sigourney Weaver a la Aliens. She oh, has yeah. a shaved head. Um, she is out and proud. So she is representing for the lesbians. Um, she just fucking killed it. And it was so, it was like crazy because everyone there was like, oh my God, that's the Missy Elliott girl. <laughs> Um, it was it was amazing. So shout out to yeah, uh, to Alison Stoner. Stoner, who is I I want her to have a, a rebirth, a, a, a yes, a the, this rising is, this like is the, the Phoenix, rising. Alison, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah come hang out. So yeah. she's she's that girl for me this week. Um, and I guess yeah, my my girl this week is Missy. So we can just keep oh talking God. about the same okay. shit. Let's wow. go. Yeah, Missy dropped like probably one of my favorite projects of the year so far. That EP is incredible. And it's just a great reminder of just how influential she is. You know, like one of the best songwriters that we've had mm. since since Michael. I mean, she's wrote for everybody. She's worked right. with people some don't of the know best that people. either. Yeah, no, she's wrote for everybody. Yeah, um, yeah, she has some of the best collaborations with Timbaland. You know. And the thing, I mean, just like going off of her like influence, that's the thing that's cool about people like Normani, people mm-hmm. like Lizzo. Like literally yeah. they, like Normani's entire music video, it was an homage to people like Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. Lizzo thanked Missy Elliott in her speeches. Like oh, yeah. she is, Missy Elliott is that person. For, for, every, for, for so many at, Yeah. Anybody who is involved in specifically rap and hip hop, mm-hmm. yes. But people who make music videos... Anybody is, yeah, is influenced by Missy Elliott. Absolute legend. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. wow. Yeah. I guess we shit on the VMAs and now both of our girls this week were <laughs> from the VMAs. So maybe they maybe they do. They know maybe exactly they're in the zeitgeist somewhere. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They got me. Yeah. I, but I'm about to give them some more money and watch that video now, too. <laughs> sure. Well, thanks for listening in to episode two. Um, we'll be back next week for yeah. Big Little Guys. Yeah, more more. Gales for the week, more guys for the week. Bye. Bye.